Welcome to Backstory, the show that explains the history behind today's headlines. I'm Joanne Freeman. I'm Nathan Connolly. And I'm Ed Ayers. Since August is prime vacation time, maybe some of you have downloaded this podcast for a road trip or a flight. So we thought we'd travel with you to some great places. The only question is, where are we going? Well, Ed, in the mid-19th century, all you had to do was open up a newspaper or a magazine to see the hottest tourist attractions. But one of the destinations might actually surprise you. No more interesting or profitable expedition can employ a day than a visit to the lunatic asylum. That's right, mental asylums. Asylum tourism was a widespread and popular phenomenon that attracted thousands of visitors every year. This is Trent University historian Janet Mirren. She says that this peculiar form of tourism took off in the 1830s. In fact, asylums and prisons attracted visitors from all over the United States and overseas for much of the 19th century. They came from all over the world. France, Poland, Germany, Canada, countries in South America. Mirren says asylum administrators actively courted tourists. And visitors were invited to picnic in the well-manicured gardens and take guided tours of the facilities. They could even hang out with patients. So you may have exchanged some tobacco, trinkets of jewelry in order to have a conversation with them, to hear about their history. Uh, visitors tasted their food. Some visitors requested being confined in certain contraptions that were increasingly used to restrain patients. One of the most popular asylums in Utica, New York, drew more than 10,000 visitors a year. The crowds were so big that one guard told a visitor, we have been compelled to deny admission to the general public at any other hours than between 2 and 5 p.m. We were actually overwhelmed with visitors. Marin acknowledges how distasteful the practice of asylum tourism sounds to modern ears. But tourists back then weren't just indulging in voyeurism. She says leisure was supposed to have an educational, even moral purpose in the 19th century. And U.S. asylums were on the cutting edge of scientific progress or so Americans believed. They certainly represented a stark contrast to the closed, crowded, and dirty hospitals in Europe that warehoused the mentally ill. Many tourists were deeply moved by what they saw. One visitor considered the asylum tour one of the most touching and beautiful spectacles we've ever witnessed. The belief that mental illness could be cured and treated in a carefully controlled environment of an asylum, um, this is a new idea that the United States would be a pioneer in the field of mental health care. But Mira notes that patients probably didn't find the contact with tourists so uplifting. Likely, patients viewed these interactions as sources of pain. They nevertheless often used these interactions to their own benefit. They would pickpocket visitors. Uh, they would use them to their own amusement by telling them wild stories and laughing at them behind their backs of their gullibility. Um, they would often give them letters to pass on to family members and friends, since patients' mail out of the asylum was carefully controlled. By the early 20th century, the public had lost faith in asylums. They were seen as poorly run, their cures ineffective, and their treatment of patients deplorable. So, asylum tourism all but disappeared. But it vanished for another reason, too. The nature of American tourism itself had changed. 
these asylums are competing with dance halls, with amusement parks, with theaters, and tourism becomes something for the sake of relaxation, pleasure, getting away, recuperating. It's not about engaging in social problems and how best to address those social problems. 